at first, I think a lot of us thought this might be a few hours a day <laughs> or something like that. Since then, it's become my full-time gig and it takes up sort of all day, every day. And But as a result, I think we have created something that's new and interesting and exciting. And a lot of that has been because of you know getting to see in the podcast space what works and what doesn't. Podcasting has long been touted as the medium of the masses. But now professional journalists and broadcasters are discovering what a powerful storytelling platform it can be. I'm Michael O'Connell, and this is It's All Journalism. Brad Melke is an ABC News reporter based in New York. During the 2016 election, Brad served as the campaign digital journalist for the network and has been helping to lead ABC's political coverage ever since. Brad is also the host of Start Here, ABC's daily 20-minute news podcast. Welcome to It's All Journalism, Brad. Thanks for having me. So you and I actually met at Podcast Movement a few weeks back. You know, I, you gave a couple of presentations. What was your takeaway from Podcast Movement? Well, it was my first time being at Podcast Movement. I'd never been before. And it was this sort of eye-opening experience because as a podcast listener, I listen to all sorts of podcasts, the ones that are made in people's garages, the ones that are made in radio studios, and the ones that you're starting to see from these these big, big content providers. And that's where you got to see all of them. <laughs> I guess I knew that, you know, that that would be the case. But it was wild to see everyone there. Uh, a lot of faces and and, people, and voices that I knew, but also many that I didn't. And it was just, I think, exciting to see the variety that is in the podcast world that I'm kind of, you know, that we've been jumping into lately. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And what I found, this is the second one that I went to, and what I sort of saw the difference from the one that I went to two years ago to this year's is. There was a larger industry presence there. There were broadcasters there who were not necessarily like you doing podcasts, but you know, there's a, a sort of a fact-finding mission that they wanted to figure out yeah. you know, if, if podcasting is viable. And I think actually a lot of them think it is. They just want to know how they, need, they can get into it. Oh, and everyone wants to have the next absolute blockbuster. I think that's where, what a lot of people are looking at is like they've seen – big names become super, super successful in a short period of time. And they're like, oh, great, we'll, we'll do that. Well, <laughs> it, takes, it takes a lot to put together a sort of hit and to find that lightning in a bottle. And so I think that that's been a part of the fact-finding mission for a lot of these guys has been like, well, how do we sort of create a good foundation for ourselves where we can set ourselves up for success? But it does take people who kind of know the space and who are enthusiastic about the space and I think that's why it was refreshing to be at a place like that, is you, you find the people who have been doing this for a long time that do know what it takes to succeed. And and it's it's amazing that as much as you and I are plugged into the scene, how new so many people are to it. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. This idea that, oh, yeah, podcasting is around forever, but some people just think, oh, yeah, I just found out about it. I'm, I'm constantly where, like just yeah. grabbing people's phones and like downloading a podcasting app for them. Yeah. And, you know, I think what we saw at podcast movement, uh, at least certainly from the broadcasting industry standpoint, is, you know, the successes of things like uh, the New York, New York Times Daily. You know, I think when people saw that that was that got really big, they were like, oh, OK, so this is a way for, you know, a news organization to expand on the coverage that they're already doing, sort of enhance it in a big way. And, uh, you know, I think that caught a lot of people's attentions. So for you, I mean, tell me about your experience as a podcaster. You know, you told me that you, that you listen to podcasts and I know that you, you have a background in radio. What's your experience in podcasting and how did you sort of end up here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been at ABC radio now and ABC news for the last five years. And during that time, I'd been like this sort of podcast listener. I'd been putting together more and more, more and more of my own digital radio pieces and, and things like that. But I hadn't actually made a podcast until a couple of years ago when me and my uh, girlfriend, now wife, actually 
put put a podcast together. And it was eye-opening to see how much more work it managed to be <laughs> than like a piece of broadcast radio that I could just sort of pump out in a day. We'd spend a week painstakingly crafting this podcast that I was super, super proud of. And, and that was a good way for me to kind of get my feet wet. Well, then last year, you know, you did start seeing the rise of things like The Daily and NPR's Up First and some of these great daily podcasts. And ABC, the, the higher ups at ABC came to me and they said, this is a space that clearly has a lot of potential and we think we could bring something different and new and exciting to it. And we think that you, Brad, kind of have the voice maybe to try something like this. And I was absolutely thrilled about it and thought that, you know, this would be a really cool, you know, if if you could just give me a few hours of the day to do something, that would be great. And my bosses came to me and they said, we think that you could be the, the voice of this because you kind of had the vibe for it. And at first, I think a lot of us thought this might be a few hours a day <laughs> or something like that. Since then, it's become my full-time gig, and it takes up sort of all day, every day. And But as a result, I think we have created something that's new and interesting and exciting, and a lot of that has been because of you know, getting to see in the podcast space what works and what doesn't. Tell me how your how your radio production, how your your you know covering the news as a, as a radio broadcaster was is different than what you're doing now. Both of them have a similarity in that it's all about the listener's time, right? That you just have to completely value the listener's time because that is at the end of the day, especially in news, what we are all competing for. We know the interest is out there, but people literally don't have the time to listen to all the great content. So you are making a bid for listeners' time. And that's the case, that's been the case in radio forever. There's a bunch of spots on the dial, you're driving your car around. We want you to choose us for that precious time that you're going to work. But with, you know, podcasting, the difference has been, I think, that that hunger for someone to get beyond that headline and to get a little bit of insight because we are all so plugged in. You already know what the headline is. The moment you wake up, we all look at our phone and we know what the stories of the day are. That's no longer necessarily in question. So what the podcast audience is clearly hungry for, and I think the larger you know populace is hungry for, is just getting that extra scoop, getting that extra nugget that's going to make you smarter than your friends when you walk into the office, or at least be able to keep up in the conversation. And that is something that we thought we were able to bring pretty immediately. And it's something that I've just as a listener, I enjoy. And so those are the types of questions we, we're trying to ask. So tell me about the, the development of, of Start Here. What, what was the original concept and how long did it take you to sort of develop that? Well, it took a little while because, again, in radio, we're used to doing morning two ways, right? My gig was to go on radio stations and I would, you know, a radio host would say, hey, here's Brad Milkey. Brad, what's the latest on this story? And I would say, you know, here's the story. Here's another detail. Here's an observation. Get in, get out. It's pretty bare bones. And for a while, that's what we assumed this would be, right? We'll go to our different correspondents across the country who have great access to things, who have great observations, who've done great reporting. We'll just talk to them. And that's great. But one of the things that we thought separated us was that we actually have people on location. We actually have like tapes going back 70 years at ABC News. We have microphones all over the world if we don't actually have correspondence there. Uh, we have all these resources. We have all these things. And it started to sound kind of boring compared to what we knew it was we were able to do. So that's when it went from just doing interviews to turning it into this more produced thing. And that was really exciting. But that's when it took a long time. It took several months to come up with something that we liked. We were doing demos. We were doing daily demos just to prove that we could do it <laughs> for, yeah. for weeks. And our producer, David, would kind of continue to hone like what the sound of the podcast was. So I, I think we started doing this in 
December, and we didn't actually launch the podcast till March. Yeah, I, I really like the sound of the podcast, and I like the way it it kind of it reports the news. I mean, on the one hand, I was listening to it and I was thinking, well, this is almost kind of like your nightly news, but it, but it isn't. It's very much con- very conversational. I mean, but it has a really you know a chunky news part of it that you come away with it having. A greater understanding of what the story is, but also because of the, I don't want to say it late, it's laid back because you really aren't laid back, but it's, it's sort of the podcasty approach to you know disseminating information. It It's a much more comfortable, a much more, I don't know, resounding experience, I guess. Our goal from the beginning was to not just give you, we wanted you to walk away with the headlines and like know what was going on in the world, but we also wanted to give the listener this experience of being in the newsroom with us. And that is something that podcasting and and just digital news in general, I think, yeah. has really placed a, a focus on that you didn't get from broadcast news a generation ago. And there is this willingness from the audience to go like, well, how do you actually put this thing together? How do you actually find your sources in, you know, in an era of not trusting news sources? Like, how do you guys actually put this stuff together? And so it was and, and so one of the examples that we looked at was like our morning 9 a.m. call at ABC News. Like a thousand people listen to this conference call, right? It's huge. And it's all these reporters who are going back and forth about the big stories of the day. And I always felt way smarter after this 20-minute call than after 20 minutes of hearing headline news sometimes. Because I was getting the headlines, but I was also getting the observations of these people that knew stuff, that knew more than anyone else about these topics. And so we really wanted to give the, the listener like a version of that and then we got to add in all this sound. We, we we felt like we were able to get a little bit of everything. It's nice. I mean, it's nice of the, the fact that you guys did, didn't have to ramp up a newsroom. You had all of these resources. You had all of these reporters out there in the field. You can hear that when you listen to your podcast. There's a lot of depth to it. Even though, you know, maybe you only talk to a handful of reporters each day, you come away with this idea that, you know, wow, I've, I've had sort of experience. And it's a fun listen, too. You know, sometimes... The news, the straight news can be pretty dry, but the way you guys have come around to presenting it, I think is it makes it really accessible. You do feel smarter after it's over. So walk me through a day here. You know, before we turn on the mics, you kind of intimated that this is this has become your full time job. This is this has taken up a lot of your time. You know, when does a news day begin for the start here? Yeah, we had to figure it out early on because we were taking a look at other podcasts and other daily podcasts specifically. And you can kind of tell, I think, when when people are putting stuff t- together and it kind of re- depends on the environment that you're in, right? You know, a newspaper has a lot of people there late into the, like a lot of, you know, day side and late into the evening and uh, morning radio programs have a lot of people up at 5 a.m. to do two ways and stuff. ABC News, of course, has a lot of people that are doing World News Tonight and Good Morning America. <laughs> and, and so we knew from early on that we wanted to find a way to sort of harness all the people that that put so much work into these stories. And so so basically the way the day works is I walk in the door in like the early afternoon and we start tossing around story ideas. Some of us have actually been up like in about since nine or ten. I'm you know and we've been tossing around ideas on email. I walk in, we do a editorial meeting, um, me and my producer David hear sort of what's been going on from everyone else. And then it's like this mad dash to get interviews with the people that we think are really plugged into the stories. And sometimes that is the person you're watching on World News Tonight that night. Other times it's like the producer who's been in the courtroom with Paul Manafort all day because they kind of lock you in there without a phone. But, you know, our producer has been taking notes and like she's actually been watching the the body language. So we're trying to figure out who we can talk to. And then we put the show to bed late 
at night. Sometimes it's 11, sometimes it's midnight, sometimes it's three or four in the morning. When the president was in Singapore for the North Korea summit, we just stayed up all night and we posted the show pretty much as live at like wow. 6 a.m. or something. Yeah, that, that's a long, long day. <laughs> so how big how big a staff are you, are you working with? It's me and, and one other person full-time right now. It's it's me and, and my producer, David Rind. But we, the number of people who touch the show on a given day is probably like 6 to 10. I want to say we have four producers on any given day who are like directly who are directly helping us make bookings and and do some scripting and write the digital articles that accompany us on abcnews.com and then we've got senior producers we've got executive producers so it's a lot of people that end up hearing all the segments and giving feedback and doing reporting before it all so, you know part of what makes this work is the integration that you have with the rest of abc has that been a, no. a, an easy process or are people sort of enthusiastic about this like way easier than i thought michael like i was <laughs> i was ready i was <laughs> ready to kind of yeah i was ready to just beg people just to like beg people and and just stay up all night doing these interviews and and just you know going over to their apartments and sticking a mic in their face i was ready for that but people um have, have been super generous with their time. And I think it's because they know that this is the type of storytelling that is becoming more popular. It's more freeing, I think, for some of these correspondents than just, you know, going down the the, the bullet point of, of reporting that they've done. They get to actually describe how they got the story, what it means, why everyone should care. That's not something you always get time to do in a newscast. And so from the correspondents and the people who we have on the podcast all the way to the digital team that needs more you know they want content on their website as much as we want to put it there too so we've got these great partnerships built up and it's actually been way easier than i thought in that regard it just takes more time to put together a quality podcast and speaking of time i mean each episode is 20 minutes right yeah about 20 minutes yeah about- we, we try to yeah give or take a few so what was the what was the thinking of that i mean obviously it's a podcast you could go on as long as you want but you you're pretty much bringing things in around 20 minutes a normal podcast can go as long as you want, right? Because you can pick it up and put it down throughout the day if you need to, throughout the week. I have ones I listen to throughout the week. But for news, you actually don't have all the time in the world, right? You need to decide what is the best use of the person's time and what are the stories that they actually need to hear and want to hear. And we thought 20 minutes was kind of the sweet spot. And, you know, we'd seen it before as well from places like The Daily and and uh, I think um, Up First from NPR is even shorter than that. We decided... If you're on your commute, you should have the chance to listen to us and have your, you know, your extra 20 minutes or something with your with with that longer form thing that you you sort of digging into. But we thought 20 minutes was about the right amount of time and we thought to ourselves we have the luxury at ABC of having our fingers in a lot of pots, right? So we have the headline news, we have these feature stories that people have been off in foreign countries reporting. We have the sort of quirky stories that are, you know, fellow producers at GMA have been putting together. And so we can draw together like a really solid variety of stories that your average newsroom might not have access to. Yeah. And it's not all heavy political stuff either. I mean, the the episode I just listened to, it ended with a, a feature about the uh, the selling of the original Brady house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people leave with feeling, feeling pretty good, pretty, pretty good about it. Um, it it's interesting that, you know, you're sort of talking about um, the fact is, the fact is, you're 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 doing a news podcast, and and news does have a you know news is obviously constantly updating, and you could very well put out a podcast that you know a couple hours later might be, you know, no more no, no longer timely, and it's going to be kind of interesting as we, more and more people go in into this space and create this news content. 
what's going to happen to your older podcasts? Are people going to go back and listen to a podcast from six months ago? Um, if it, you know, if it's like like going back and looking at an old newspaper or something. I yeah, I mean, I th I think there's potential there in that we do have stories that we think are not just the headline of the day that actually make you go, huh, I had not considered that before. This is an issue that has existed for a while. We did just a story on Uber, right, uh, getting kind of tamped down in, in here in New York City. And the story that was so interesting, I thought, would just be, you know, how cities are dealing with these emerging economies. But then when we had our reporter in here, Mark, who had been reporting it out, he said this isn't just a story about Uber and kind of people that are unhappy about taxi cabs, right? It's an issue of life and death for drivers in New York City because there have been cab drivers committing suicide for the last several months. Wow. And I didn't know that. One one cabbie killed himself in front of City Hall and said that it was because of, in, in, his, in a note or something, he said it's because of the economic pressures he was feeling as a cab driver. And that's a story that, that has been going on for months and will continue to be a thing. And so if that's something you're interested in, you can go back and find it. That'll work for you. But truthfully, we don't need someone to, to come to us the next day or the next day because we always want to have the latest thing for you. So we're not particularly concerned if people are going back and digging through old episodes. But we do think there's something there. We do think there's value there. Yeah, well, that's a – and the reason I want to highlight that that's kind of a new – thinking in podcasting. I mean, podcasting, mm. you sort of build up a number of episodes. You have sort of this, you know, bank of past episodes that, you know, people, when they find your podcast, they want to go download the old ones and, and, and get, get up to date on them. But when you have something that's like news, which you know, may have, may technically have some sort of shelf life, you know, even these really much shorter podcasts, which are, which are really kind of like newscasts of maybe five minutes, are you really going to go go back and read them? So it, it's a different type of thinking. It, it's like looking forward. We're going to create we're going to create fresh content for podcasts that maybe that may not be around that long, and that's where we're going to have our play. That's what that's where we're going to put our attention. I think it's kind of exciting and interesting. Yeah, and there's so many different ways to do it too. I think uh, yeah. anyone who tells you that there's one way to do a podcast, or even if there's one way to do a daily podcast, like they're just wrong because there's so much yeah. room still to grow in the space. Like you can ask PBS or ABC or Vice if there's one way to do a newscast and there's not. And the same is going to be true for podcasts. It's like if you were just inventing the TV today, there's these boundless opportunities of ways to create programming and podcasting all of a sudden is, is finding that there's so much more variety there than maybe we thought just five years ago. Yeah. And it, with TV, you know, there, there were people who were reading the newspaper on, on television uh, yeah. to, to their audience. Well, OK, C-SPAN still highlights news stories. <laughs> New York uh, One still literally just reads news, <laughs> just reads you the paper every let, morning. And let's, some see what, let's see what's in the New York Times today. Yes. Yeah. Why not? It's all news. I kind of love it. Yeah, yeah it's a, a little quirky. I, I enjoy watching C-SPAN as they highlight in yellow different access, aspects of a story. I think it's kind of quaint and nice in a way. Very low tech. Well, that's what you get when you have no, I guess, when you have no uh, uh, graphics budget. So I think you guys are off to a pretty good start. So where, where do you hope to take this? So one thing that was really exciting was that Singapore summit. When I said we stayed up till six a.m., it wasn't exciting because we stayed up till six a.m. That was just a, well, an unhappy the, byproduct. That day's bad, but then you have to put put something out the next day too, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But what was exciting for that was we we broke format for one of the first times in our in our young history, right? We instead of just doing four, we generally we hit four, five, sometimes six stories a day, and we, generally they're they're interviews with our with our correspondence and we throw in a lot of great sound. This was, we didn't actually know what was going to happen by 6 a.m. and we had to post the thing. 
And so we decided early on, let's just do this as a TikTok. Let's just start at the beginning of President Trump's arrival in Singapore and we'll walk people through the end. And whatever's going on at 6 a.m., we'll just end it there and we'll post the thing. And it turned into this really great no holds barred kind of coverage where we got the guy in front of Kim Jong-un's hotel. And then we got our defense experts who were talking about what what this deal could mean. And then we got uh, John Carl, who's our chief White House correspondent. We talked to him on the bus on the way to President Trump's news conference. And we ask him, what are you going to ask the president? And he whispers into the microphone what his question is. And then half an hour later, it happens. And so then we had the sound where you could hear that back and forth. And so just sort of changing the format and getting to take listeners along for the ride, I think is something that we've really enjoyed. I think we want to do a bit more of that and and continue, I think, to get even more timely, right? To, to really give you the sense that like what you're hearing first thing in the morning is a uh, this is what's relevant to you. It might change in a few hours, but hey, this is the way to start your day. Yeah, maybe you're doing podcasts not daily, but twice daily at some point or three well, times daily. Yeah, thank or you. continuously. Thank you for assigning me that, Michael. <laughs> yes. No, um, No. It, we, we have you know noticed that, that there is still people who say, hey, do you have anything coming on that big weekend story? Or do you have um, sort of an economics vertical that we could just talk about money things because I'm interested in, in the business world? There, there's a ton of space to play still. Yeah, I, I was at a conference a couple of days ago uh, talking about podcasting uh, you know, to some educators and trying to be really encouraging and, and explain to them that, you know, this medium, you know, there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of possibilities yet to be discovered. And certainly for, for, from a journalist's perspective and from a storyteller's perspective, you know, you just what you just described shows you the, the flexibility of the media. I mean, you try to ma- imagine trying to do the same thing on a network network news show. You know, you, you've got to be finished by a certain amount of time. You, you're not going to be able to sort of, you know, whip around the, the format to, just to try something kind of neat because you don't you know, you've got to get out. You've got a hard out at the, at the top of the hour and, and you don't know where it's going. So, you know. The opportunity to experiment, I mean, that's great. And this idea that, I mean, you're doing a 20-minute newscast, and, you know, I know there are a lot of people who are creating, like, really short, hyper, hyper-local, hyper you know, newsy podcasts that are only a few minutes long. You know, they're ideally, they're trying to push them out on things like Alexa and the Echo, but... You know, it's like a microcast. Microcast. I think there's room for that in the news space. So I think I think from a journalist perspective, this is this is kind of an, an exciting new medium I th- that that we we've really only just just begun to explore. What it'll come down to also, I think, is the platforms involved, right? Because as it gets easier and easier to go through a list of things or to tailor how your podcasts are going to play, the the way that we now have so much flexibility in in organizing our sort of TV time. And the things that you want to watch are right there for you. You can continue watching this other thing. You can go into this other genre or something. It's all very, very easy to navigate. And I think as that happens, it'll start occurring to potential content makers. Oh, why don't we just, yeah, make this three-minute podcast? And the consumer will actually be in a place where they're able to go, oh, yeah, yeah great. I'll, I'll, I'll plug that in. Yeah, or that you have a news outlet that sends out three-minute podcasts multiple times during the day and relies on the automatic feed of somebody's podcast yeah. catcher, that they, that's how they're going to get their news. It's going to be delivered in chunks, and they're going to listen to it whenever it comes in, if they, they want to listen to it right then and get the latest news, or packaged together as like a, like a, a self-built uh, newscast. And I think that, again, it's like ABC sort of realized early on that there's multiple audiences involved. Yeah. Right? You're going to have people who, who do still want 
their live news because they want to know that they are seeing something at a specific time and they're in a specific place and, and moment. But then you're going to have a whole different audience that really wants a highly produced on-demand product. And then you're going to want people who really just sort of have it on in the background and they want it to be more casual, just the way people talk. There are like different universes of listeners now. There's not just one type of consumer that you have to play for. You can break it down and have a ton of different formats just within the ABC space. I think that's what our bosses were kind of good at realizing early on and they had the resources to try it all. I had the chance to interview one of the Vice News editors and what she or producers and what she said was that they uh, you know that they post it they have a, a deadline of when they're supposed to post online so that it could be on, on HBO. It's designed to be listened to or to be viewed anytime during the day but still a lot of people will, will tune in and watch it when it's it's broadcast so i mean that audience is still there that habit is still there but there are yeah. other new ha- you know new habits brad this has been a great conversation uh lots of interesting things to to talk about so so what story are you guys working on now that's uh, you're pretty excited about well the thing that we've taken a lot of pride in so far is and that i think we do really really well because you play to your strengths right is that we have the ability to get people in the field, not just like sitting in an office or a studio somewhere explaining what's happening in the world, but we actually have people on the ground in lots of different places. And so the political unit came to us at one point and said, hey, we're doing, we're covering 18 races in 2018, the 18 races that matter or whatever. And what's been exciting about that has been that we actually get people who are on the road following candidates, right? So so right now we're working with a few of our correspondents who are out in the field. We, we talked to a guy the other day who was like in an Ohio cornfield, <laughs> next to an Ohio cornfield. He wasn't wandering in corn, but he was, he was next to this Ohio cornfield as we're just catching up about the Ohio special election. So I, I think a lot of our political coverage is, is got us excited because we're able to go the next level and not just say you know, this is a crazy time for politics, but we actually have people that are meeting the candidates in person who are talking to voters, who are seeing Americans live their real lives on the ground. And then you actually get to experience that in the podcast is the plan that that we have the sound to play with. We have these people out in the world and not just behind a, a, a soundproof door. And so we have a few things in the tank there that uh, are exciting. That's nice about that is you get an opportunity to play a little bit more with uh, different types of sound to tell stories. Yeah, and it's something that I didn't even realize that we would have so much ability to do. But then our producer, David, started sort of throwing in sound clips, and all, lo and behold, like we had a voice all of a sudden, and, and that's really what we've been discovering. And, and that's something that I, I feel like is so applicable for every podcaster, right, is you can continue to experiment with your product and with your voice as you kind of go along and what we're almost 100 shows in and we're figuring it out brad thanks for coming on the podcast it's been great thanks michael you've been listening to it's all journalism a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com it takes a lot of people to put together an episode of it's all journalism nicola grisco produced this episode amber healy wrote our web content nick dupre wrote our theme music Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist, and Amelia Brust helped behind the scenes. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Would you like to find out more about our podcast? Go to itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Each week we have exclusive content, links to stories we find interesting, and previews of upcoming episodes. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. What's Working in Washington podcast 
with your host, Jonathan Aberman. We share this region's innovative, entrepreneurial, and creative spirit. This podcast tells impressive stories of passion and spunk taking place here in the D.C. region. It illustrates how the nation's capital is anything but the stuffy, bureaucratic, politics-only reputation it tries to shed. The What's Working in Washington podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. The Finish the Game podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Draw play to Sean, across the 10, the 5, touchdown Seahawks. Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC. 